We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast midweek edition. You've got Alex Hurst, Emil Franchi, Michael Martin from True Faith HQ. In the heart of Newcastle upon Tyne, and and it hasn't happened yet, but fucking hell, it's close. It just <laughs> it just feels so close. As George Colkin of the Athletic and a good friend of the True Faith podcast has just tweeted, "We are surely in the final hours of Mike Ashley's ownership." Newcastle United. Mick, I'll come to you first. How do you feel right now? Um, very, very excited and um, really, I don't know how to, I've been hyper all afternoon um, and um, probably my employer hasn't had the best <laughs> afternoon out of, out of me um, than he's, that he's ever had, but um, I'm very, very excited. But just when you're on your intro there, I just had uh, Joy Division in my head touching from a distance closer all the time. So um, I've probably got the lyrics wrong. I shouldn't really, but uh, yeah. So very, very, very excited and anxious and nervous, um, uh, but positive for the first time in a long time. Feeling very positive about Newcastle United. Emil, same question, mate. Well, we're, we're back in May 2020, aren't we? We're back in that period where we have to be like, oh, it's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen tomorrow. And then all of the reports coming through, like you say, the, the final days of Mike Ashley. I've heard the final days of Mike Ashley just ringing in my head through through a mix of lockdowns. And it, it just feels so good to see that it does. That this one feels different. This one's hitting differently for a lot of people. Like you say, dominoes kind of fell with, with the, the journalists who... You know, some skeptics, some have been more positive throughout this entire thing. Some you always think, um, you know, if they're saying it's good, then it must be good. So, feels like we're in the end game now. <laughs> for those of you who aren't on social media or haven't been following these events, we thought we'd record this podcast for you in particular, so we could try and give a little bit of an explainer of what's happened, why it's happened, and hopefully what is going to happen. Mick, if I come to you for this one, you've written extensively on this subject. I mean, a lot of people who write about Newcastle United have, but I think your pieces have been particularly well-received. Um, the issue of piracy, and that's the issue of television piracy, uh, and the fact that before today, I believe, you could not watch the Premier League legally in Saudi Arabia because of the uh, contract in that MENA region is with BN Sports, and they're a Qatari company. Qatar and Saudi Arabia, effectively in the middle of a Cold War. Today, the news broke that um, that part of that Cold War has uh, has warmed up and you will now be able to watch on BN Sports Premier League football in Saudi Arabia. Why has this been such a big sticking point, do you think, in this whole saga? Well, I'm not an expert on the matter um, on 
international affairs by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I think 18 months ago when we got in that January 20, we got wind that something was happening, didn't we? Um, and uh, that there was going to be a takeover and then we went to company's house and then the whole place lit up. Um, at that point, no, nobody was talking about TV rights and piracy. It just wasn't on anyone's radar. Uh, in fact, we'd forgotten about Amanda Stavely, if we're, if we're honest. Uh, it's 2017 since she's turned up for the Liverpool game and we've never seen her since, really, in person. Um, so um, at, that <coughs> time, at that time, we heard about all of the takeover and we, we understood how it was going to be put together, the PIF and the um, Rubin Brothers and Amanda's, Amanda Stavely's PCP group, um, the latter two having 10% and PIF having 80%. So at that time, it was all systems go, and we were um, we were gung ho. I was like everyone else, thinking this is going to be great. This is Ashley, uh, Ashley out the door, uh, brilliant. Our club can breathe again and start to fulfil its vast potential. And then, then we got wind of things not being right at the Premier League. If you can remember, I think we we got those noises, didn't we? I'll, give you, I'll just interrupt. Yeah. You're spot on. The first, I remember it very well, beautiful May day in lockdown 2020. And I remember my phone going off. And I think Sean Ingle of The Guardian, who's a serious journalist, had was the first one to say there are issues with this takeover. The Premier League are not happy right. about this issue of piracy. So that was May 2020. Before he, before he had come out with that article, right. people were literally saying it's tomorrow, it's the next day, it's the That's next right. day, it's going to happen. So... That Guardian article, again, no one wants to believe these things when they come out to that. That's right. Even myself, you're just yeah. like, surely not, surely not. And, and lo and behold. Well, it was a Monday night. Yeah. I, rem- I remember it vividly uh, because up until then, all we were, get- we were getting, the narrative was no red flags. Um, George Corkin was covering it and he was, you know, uh, very close to Amanda Stavely, as we understand. He he was wisely her choice to, to be the probably the most credible and respected journalist in the northeast who support us like and that's that's no mean feat for a journalist um so that came out on the monday night um and uh, around about that time we were getting noises as you mentioned from various different sources um not that we're in the know in any way it's just accidental how we find out sometimes isn't it so there was all of that was happening and there was um uh, this stuff about tv piracy uh, prior to that, it had been around uh, Khashoggi's murder and his uh, um, head is. I can't remember. I can't pronounce her name. Tengiz, so is it? There yeah. you go. Thank you. See, this is why it's best to get somebody in from the media. <laughs> think anywhere. Think. Uh, so, and he's, uh, uh, in my opinion, and I don't wish to belittle her grief, but I think she was being weaponized. Um, there was all kinds of things. Amnesty International, where you had them on a podcast. And, Miguel Delaney was uh, uh, very robustly representing the human rights angle, which is his job, um, and and all of that kind of that kind of narrative. And then we started finding out about TV piracy and the relationships between Qatar and Saudi Arabia. And cut a long story short, if that takeover had happened at that time, if you were one of the Saudi mags, of which there's now about 35, 40 million, mm-hmm. um, or about to be, um, then your your country could have a very big interest in a Premier League club that you couldn't watch legally. 
in your country. So that never made any sense, did it? That, you know, um, uh, all of these claims about sports washing and doing up the Saudi image, etc., which I accept is probably true. Um, it's probably the reason that they want to do it, as well as make money, because I think there is money to be made in, yeah. in what they're doing. Um, it's part of their uh, part of their 2030 vision or whatever it's called. Um, so there is there is that element. Um, so that was like a fundamental thing for me. That was always the sticking point. And I remember talking to a friend of mine from Liverpool who was saying, "What's what's happening with it, with your takeover, Mick?" And I said, "Well, very kind of you to refer to it as my takeover, like, <laughs> but it's not exactly mine." But I get the picture, and and I said I said to this lad, it, "I can't get my head round how a piff would buy the country, buy the club, um, and then they wouldn't, then they." W- they wouldn't be able to broadcast legally Newcastle United matches in Saudi Arabia. That didn't make any sense to me at that time. So that was always the thing like I couldn't get my head around. So there's always there's been this kind of back and forth, the the um the position of be it be out Q or whatever it's called in be in, etc. Um and I understand all of that and and it's been a bit of an irritation, hasn't it? You know, this thing about T V piracy and we've all hated Qatar. Uh, for a, for a while, and we've all hated being and Richard Keys, etc. But on reflection, TV generates football in this country. It's a TV sport. We're just the supporters are just background noise at the minute. I hate myself saying for saying that, but it is it is the case. So why wouldn't uh, robustly defend TV rights? That's to be expected. Um, obviously, the owners, I think, the owner and directors test has been weaponized by the Premier League, um, pushed by in and Qatar um, so that um, that would be the leverage um, that Qatar and BN would require to get the Saudis around the table to, so- to solve this. It hasn't happened as quickly as we would have liked but it looks like it's happened. Now I don't just believe that Prince Mohammed bin Salman and others wake up every night and kind of look at the Twitter and say what's happening in the tuna day. Is that bloody Joe Willock injured? Blah, blah, blah. Well, he, he was on in a boot on a Thursday and he's playing. I don't think that happens. Um, but I, I do think that there is strategic interest in getting that sorted uh, because I think Saudi Arabia have got massive interests economically across the globe. And I think this is part of it. And they'll want to tick it off. They'll want a football club like Qatar, like Abu Dhabi. And um, it looks like it could be us at last. So that fundamental point of the TV rights, the piracy, etc., and that's all generated by this economic kind of um, and diplomatic war between soft war, if you like, between um, Qatar and Saudi Arabia. That's been all behind that. And uh, cut a long story short, it looks like we're, we've seen a significant thaw in that. And and as you say. Uh, all of the serious journalists are predicting that it's over. Some of them will be saying it's over because they've researched it, and there'll be others who are just jumping on the coattail saying, yes, yes, it's it's over, I can reveal, when it's really somebody else is doing all of the work. But the main ones, the ones that you respect, George, Luke, not everybody respects Luke, but he is a proper journalist. Whether or not he writes stuff you like or not, you have to expect you respect that. Martin Hardy, Martin Ziegler, all of these pe- all these people have been saying that today. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Sean Ingle because it was his article today that was saying it's on. 
So I think Sean Ingle has had the biggest in to the Premier League that of all of the Premier League journalists, of, of all the journalists covering this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Very well said, and that that has got us to today. So, Emil, obviously, just for the listeners, you know, today, maybe one o'clock that breaks, half one that breaks, and then all of us, all of a sudden, you know, I tweeted saying like, this doesn't mean we're going to get taken over, but fucking hell, it's positive because I've always been skeptical about the piracy link purely because of one of the two Newcastle fans to have sat in a room with Richard Masters, who didn't want to be drawn on piracy. He, he, he was very keen to talk about separation. Very keen. Would look now that, that like that was a load of bollocks, <laughs> being being blunt. Um, I agree with Mick that I think, the, the I mean, Masters has said and repeatedly said and said to Tracy Crouch recently that they are going to reform their owners and directors test. Where, I mean, pretty much they can do what they want with it. <laughs> if this goes through, it goes from like number one on my priority list to a number 100 in terms of how football changes. But it clearly does need reform. But today, sorry, I've gone off track. My mind is wandering in all the excitement. Um, today, it then exploded into something else very, very quickly. You know, you were you were keeping tags on things. You were in the WhatsApp groups. I think you passed out at one point. Tell That's us, t- <laughs> t- tell us, tell us how it's been today, mate. It, it's it's exactly that, and we don't often get like bursts of that on on Twitter, in WhatsApp groups as Newcastle fans. It's normally terrible reactions to, to goals uh, and everything but it's just it's just very exciting a thing to be part of there's phones getting passed around the room as I speak which means that something <laughs> might have happened but it, it is it's at that stage now where we can begin to to dream a little bit and I think there's the, you know there's, there's that little going on at Newcastle at the minute that this this is something that we can get behind as a collective, and yeah, I know. Look, we've got to respect the the the, the beliefs of of those who don't want this takeover as well. I must just throw that in there because I, I believe there will be Newcastle fans who don't want um, Saudi Arabia taking over the club because you know the record is is horrific in, in some cases, and um, yeah, I mean the the journalism that went on last year, as as, as Mick said, with Miguel Delaney and um, Khashoggi's widow. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like you have to kind of take that into account no matter how much we want Mike Ashley gone, no matter how many times we bring up Mike Ashley's bad history of treating his staff. Um, but, you know, on, on the other hand, I've kind of challenged myself with that over the last 12 months. And, and um, I think today, given what we've been subjected to, I, I saw someone say that, you know, we, we've had two years of um, Steve Bruce mispronouncing the word hope. Now we finally <laughs> do have hope. So, you know, forgive us for being a little bit desperate to get something because 
it's got to that stage now where we have been neglected for so long. We're about to maybe see something which is is the complete opposite of that. And we don't really get to decide who who takes over Premier League clubs. Manchester City probably had no say. And, and their name has been dragged through. And they've got fans who were there when they were down in the third division who've seen it all. We've had fans who have seen us before before the 90s when we were really bad and, and nothing was going our way. We've had fans who've been on the brink of it in the 90s who are still um, probably uh, recovering from that. Mick, hello. And <laughs> that's 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 it. It's, 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 it's the fans who have been there for the day at Aston Villa when we went down and that was the first relegation under Mike Ashley um, who've been there uh, the day that Sunderland won their game which sent us down it's it's like we are, we're sick now and, and, and this is a bit of a, a healing process and I know that the doctors that we've asked for aren't the, the best in the world in terms of what, what their, their dealings are like but um, yeah if, if, if there's a way that fans can hopefully keep that in mind then yeah, yeah good um, we, we, we should be happy but at the same time, you, you you have to take some aspects into account. Um, but as, as long as the football is good, then then I guess we can be happy. But I, I don't know. It's 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 just such an exciting day. Um, you know, I, I just hope that we don't forget where we've been, and I don't think we will, because because that's ultimately what what makes Newcastle United. I've always said that if Newcastle were to become a club that were suddenly winning every week like Man City and, and, and challenging against the likes of PSG and the Champions League and Real Madrid, then, you know, it, it might take away some of that, that underdog spirit, which I think defines Newcastle. Um, but how much longer do we have to wait and hold on to that? Because we'll just get kicked and kicked. It, it, as long as Mike Ashley's there, it's not going to change. Um, there isn't another buyer that we can see, so let's become the richest club in the world. Um, the, the reaction itself, though, it, it is just exciting. Um, th- there's always a bit of like sarcasm and humour in there. You know, you get the, the gallows humour when Newcastle are, are at their lowest. You, you get the, the real fun stuff when, when it's um, at its height. Um, you know, the, the, the cans have come back um, because that just defined the last year. Um but yeah, I, I just hope that this is it, because then we can, f- you know, face up to to any criticisms that, that people are going to have. Because it's going to happen. We'll, we'll we'll we will get dragged. We'll get we'll get th- things slung at us, uh, and so be it. Everyone's entitled to that. But um, yeah, we we we've been there, and I think that's the the main thing. Um, I mean, start yeah. the season. Start the season in particular. You you mentioned Alex about the the, the darkness before the door. Yeah, I mean, as a support, we've had to put up with with some, you know, serious abuse. You know, you've got people out there saying Steve Bruce is a good football manager. We've had to deal with that. You know, throw it throw at me whatever you wish about human rights abuses. I'll find that, well, I shouldn't find it easy to defend. But imagine what he's going to be like with all this money at his disposal. <laughs> God, we'll be world beaters. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's not think about that. You are, you are correct in everything that you're saying. I suppose from a supporter's point of view for today, it's just, it's been terrible. And it, I, I think, and I'm not like Mick, I wasn't there for Jack Charlton or was it Gordon Lee? Was he the rubbish manager Jim before? Smith, was no, it? No, I think that's unfair. But, I mean, just just on just on that subject, everybody's referring back to these bad times in ancient history. Um, but there were good times as well. So, oh, yeah. so, you know, I started supporting them in the 70s. First six years I was supporting them, there were... You know, personality teams with Supermark and got the two cup finals. I just missed the first cup era, but there was part of that team was there. And then we went into a lull in the late 70s, but then we had Keegan, Waddle, Beardsley, Gascoigne in the 80s. 
and it didn't last. You know, the the downs, there were downs, but they weren't as long mm. and sustained. So what I would say is, is kind of you lads in your early thirties and mid thirties, whatever. Twenty twenty eight. Actually, I will not. I will not get aged on this podcast. That's it. That's it. Beg your pardon. Yes, um, <laughs> all look the same. I've seen you? nothing. That's the thing. I've seen nothing good. So I actually think the younger Newcastle fans have had it worse because you haven't had anything. You haven't had your Euro trips. You haven't had Milan and Barcelona and Monaco. Well, I was just going to say I'm, I'm on like the cusp of that. So I remember. Um, I remember. It seen it on the TV, didn't actually go to any of the games, but 2000 onwards, we did have the Robson era, and that's the thing. Yeah. But then I remember the dip with Sooness, yeah. and then... Okay, you know, it was a long time ago. And then, so, yeah, yeah, so, you, so you've, you lads have never had it when you've been adults, no. and no. you've been able to have large trips away, like, you know, like my generation have and I've had. So it's kind of... I feel for you more than anywhere, more than anyone else, because what you've been supporting in the last 14 years isn't your castle. No. It's it's not it's not that fun, effervescent, cheerful gallows humour as you as you've as you've said because we haven't won anything, but we've competed and with there's been a chance. This bloke has just crushed the life out of Newcastle for all of the for all of the reasons that that we've said. But we could be on the on the on the turn. We could be on the turn. We could be on the the cusp of something really really special and. It will change the character of the club, but I think we're up for that. Um, I do want the club to be looked after properly. I want it to be the best version of itself it can be. Um, I don't dismiss those people who've got problems of conscience with the Saudi Arabians. One of my very, very best friends has. Um, he's appalled by the whole prospect of it, and that's a lad who's been going... It's a season ticket holder to Newcastle since the late seventies. Mm-hmm. I won't. I don't dismiss his feelings out of hand. Um, but I, I, the conversations I w- I'll have with him is that I don't think the Gallagher end should be the conscience of the UK, um, and it's for government and others to comment on that. And we could be a force for positive change yep. with the Saudis. You know, well, who knows? We, we can we can dream about all of that stuff. But I'd, I don't think it's a time for splitters within the support. I don't think it's a time for people, for well-held, well-reasoned beliefs um, to be castigated or be on the outside. I think it's a time for everyone to come together um, and be united behind a new club uh, and give these people a chance as to what they can do. Um, but at the same time, I think everyone knows who's read or listened to this publication for over a, over a period of time we judge people on what they do not on what they say so i think that's you know there'll be a honeymoon period for the new people coming in but i'm interested in how they appoint people um the role of the support as trust involved in the club the foundation um whether or not they deliver all of the, all of these flamboyant promises that we've had not directly from them as it has to, it has to be said about regeneration in the northeast about facilities, investment in the stadium, investment in the academy, the training ground. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a whole systems approach to Newcastle United that involves supporters through the trust, obviously. Um, I'm not bothered about the fanzines and podcasts and stuff like that. We're, we're not important. It's it's how they engage with the, the rank and file people who live in the northeast, who are part of our community, and those people who support our football club, who are part of our family. So now's the time not for splitters. 
it now's the time to give everyone to come together and to give these people a chance but for the people coming in to understand it's about delivering not talking we've spoken before about Leicester and and how much we you know envy admire what they do it, it it's true you look at the the training facilities which are, are they open now or is it is are they just opened not sure I think recently but the, the designs that you see anyway it, it's far from Benton and I think anything is I mean my my area outside of my my flat is is better than what we've got there if I put like a pool out there but it's um it's about getting to that level it's about not necessarily uh, for me anyway it's not about Winning the league next year. It's not oh, about, it's about doing that. that. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but well, eventually. Right. But, but what, we'll year. leave you off the ticket list for Barcelona, <laughs> we? But you I, can go I, to Benton. What I mean is, I mean, I, I, you want to see a little bit of formula going into this. You want to see like thought going into it. You want to see like, okay, th- th- there's a plan in place. There's definitely like a 10 year plan of what we want to achieve with this club. Um, and yeah, okay. Obviously, the, the the main things will be on there. But as as Mike, Michael said, it's it's about that now. And and Leicester is is that thing for me, which I've looked at since they've they've had this resurgence and, and came back from League One. Just looked and gone. You, oh, you know what I'm going to say, Emil, and yeah. I and I agree be better entirely than with you. And it's the fact Newcastle United are looking up to Leicester City, who were in League One when Mike Ashley took over. Yeah. is emblematic of how far we have fallen. Well, exactly. and, and I think Absolutely. these people, you're right. The what, first of all, you are absolutely right. From on day one, if they start looking at the top of the league, that, that in stuff like that in Champions League, Newcastle United in this squad in this football club have a long way to crawl anywhere near back there. Well, we've got a League One team at the minute. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you don't know what's going to happen with Steve Bruce. Yeah, you know the understanding was day one, minute one, they they would sack him in twenty twenty. Now Rafa Benitez is at Everton. That that isn't as straightforward. Because who do you bring in? Forgot about there him. Have been owners, forgot about him there have been owners at lots of clubs who come in, the sack a manager straight away, and I'm not suggesting for a minute they shouldn't sack Bruce, they should. But put Graham Jones in charge. It, it cannot be any worse. Um, imagine Gunnar and James Spot against Spurs with the takeover and Steve Bruce setting up five at the back. <laughs> Forward midfield, like sucking the energy out of the stadium. Can I just check, is it possible to get relegated by Christmas yeah. at the rate we're going? Because so, that's a disaster if so. So, so there's, there's a long way to go, but I think listening to both of you, what is essential is Newcastle United become a Premier League club again. Yeah. Not just in name, which is what they are at the minute. They're a Premier League club in name only. They play in the division, they play the fixtures. Andy Trope for True Faith, quite fittingly, wrote a brilliant article today. I'm going to link it in the description of this podcast. I'd urge everyone to uh, to listen to it. Um, listen to it, read it. Um, and he makes a very good point that Ashley has treated Newcastle in no other way than he has every single other one of his business He's come into a loss-making business and he's just cut and cut and cut. Everything is cheap. Everything is nasty. Even the tickets are cheap for a lot for a lot of people on the ground. Now, that's a good thing, and I'm never going to argue against that. But that is also a sign that they've had these 18,000 tickets probably playing the lowest prices in the Premier League purely because they know 50% of those people would leave. That is going to be a hard thing for people for, for new owners to do because they're going to have to put prices up. If they have any kind of ambition at all as a Premier League club, they're going to have to wipe prices up, which, which isn't going to be popular. But what, what will be popular, like you correctly say, Emil, is if, is if there's some sort of communicated direction and vision. We don't have to get that on day one or week one. You know, there are going to be a lot of people, understandably, who've got a lot of ideas. I remember, th- I remember this last time, and I remember speaking to a journalist who was close to them, um, saying all this stuff about safe standing and all this, it's great, but fucking hell, let them get through the door. Let, let, let them, it's going to be some mess. 
mm-hmm. you've got you've you've got what allegedly three or four senior staff inside St James's Park, an organisation that turns over nearly two hundred million pounds a year. It's got three or four key staff at, at, at a high managerial level. That'll have to change. These things, these things. I mean, don't get us wrong. Stavely's had, if you you know, if you look back to twenty seventeen, he's had four years to get to get plans in place, but. Life and business doesn't necessarily work like that. They're going to take time. They're going to be after people in positions who are already in employment. You'd hope anyway, because you want to attract the best, which is not what we've been doing. But I think, I think what today there's phones going off all over the place here. We're just uh, we're, we're just checking that um, <laughs> the news hasn't broken, but uh, it's just it's just the whole world's talking. Um, Sean Ingle, who who Mick talked about earlier, has just just written an article tonight saying that he expects the takeover to be done. Some sources suggest in the next twenty four hours. Um, but what what I think you've seen today is is just those little rays of sunshine. Social media and, and off social media, to be honest with you, I was at Wolves on Saturday. Newcastle United's been a kind of lifeless, toxic place. It's been this mixture of toxicity between some of the fan base and also apathy in the terraces, in the stands, empty seats at St James's. You cannot give a ticket away. You cannot give a ticket away at the minute at St James's Park. You know that, Emil. Because I'll try to give them to you. <laughs> Don't help me as someone who's not paying for tickets at the minute. Come on. What, what you done to me? What, what have I done to you? Yeah. Leads? I, so, yeah. There's no excitement. There's, I, I'm, I'm, I think, well, you just have to look through through the, the guys who, who do stuff for us. Um, Mickey's first game was 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 Leeds. He said, I haven't bothered. Felt nothing. I've I've felt nothing when when Sam Maximan scored. Okay, I was I was at the toilet at the time, but I was <laughs> I was stood there and I was just thinking fine but i think it was it was the um the leeds game i just thought this means nothing this means yeah. nothing to us if we get a point today and i imagine that the same thing happened when when we scored against in fact it did it same thing happened when when watford scored i thought you know what in a way i was more excited about the fact that Saar had scored for watford and got me some points in my fantasy team that was genuinely my reaction my mate said what are you celebrating that for and i said I literally don't care and then when Josh King got the, the ruled out goal I just sat there and I thought I feel yeah. indifferent about this I'm not fuming but I'm not even bothered I'm just th- th- this football club is unfortunately becoming something that I can't enjoy and it's a stain on my weekend Sad, there is there is that feeling about what's happened today and what we hope will happen tomorrow that forget about us fanzine people who spend too much time on this stuff for your enjoyment I'll say people listening <laughs> But you know, there's 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 going to be dads taking sons and daughters for the first time because Ashley's gone. Mm-hmm. There's members of my family who haven't been since Hull City in 2008, mm-hmm. who I think and I hope are going to return or buy a ticket for the first time since then. There's 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 people who are known to this fanzine who will not name who were, you know, the biggest supporters going and the best writers and you know keen people who who cared greatly about Newcastle United who have stopped going, I really hope that this brings them back. So it's, it's more than a Saudi Arabia thing to me. It's more that, that, well, that stuff I've just talked about there, and you talked about, Mick, about Newcastle United once again being part of this community. I'm more excited about that yeah. than about potentially having a team that could, could, could compete at the top end of the Premier League. I'm very excited about that as well. But it's, that, that, that's all great. But we aren't going to be Man City. We aren't going to have empty seats. We aren't going to have the manager stood there in a Champions League night bemoaning the fact that there's 20,000 empty seats in the stadium, much to the delight of the City rivals. Mm-hmm. That isn't going to be us. I feel that we're going to be more authentic. And maybe maybe Man City fans, I doubt many Man City fans listen to this, but they might say that there's lots of things that we don't know about. There's lots of pitfalls to this kind of stuff, as well as all the good times they've had. But 
for me, Newcastle United being back is enough is enough to get excited. And that's predominantly on the timeline today, and it's always a very um, dangerous way to try and judge public opinion through social media. But the people I know anyway, the people that we know, they haven't been over the moon today because we're going to be one of the richest clubs in the world, which is a very controversial statement because it doesn't, it doesn't work like that just because the PIF of Saudi Arabia controls a £323 billion fortune. Yeah. doesn't mean it belongs to Newcastle yeah. United. We, but we belong to them. Yeah. They don't belong <laughs> they to don't, us. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but like you said, Emil, quite, quite rightly, the end of Ashley in itself, that's what I'm going to concentrate on. Yep. That, that's the big one for me. Yes, fantastic. Who comes next? We'll hear what the. You're right. They've made a lot of claims. They've made a lot of positive things. They've said it. They've said all the right things, haven't they? And that that, by the way, makes a change because Ashley's never done that once. Got to do it though. Yeah, gotta, you've got to. You've, you've, you've got to do it. And I'm excited. I'm excited to find out what they're going to do. Yeah, and they do need time. So that that point that you make about let them get through the door, let them have let, let them have some time because we know the world's media will be in their face. So they'll need to have a strategy to deal with that you know the it'll be it'll be different to what it is now you know when there's one mem- one or two people in the three maybe in the media department who do their very best god bless them but it's not good enough um that will need to change but also um we will need to give them some space to operate as well so you know um I, when i say we i mean the support as we'll need to be patient and let them bed in, let them articulate the plan and be receptive to that. But at the same time, we've got to watch them. We've got to watch them. It's our job as supporters to be guardians of the club um, and uh, and we've got to hold people to account. So we don't want to be their friends, but at the same time, we don't want to be their enemies, but we want to be a critical friend, if you like. We want to be able there to, 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 to say the things that they don't necessarily want to hear. Uh, that's our job as fanzines, as a support, as trust, etc. When when we don't want, we're not after jobs or anything like that, or cushy seats and stuff like that. We're not. That's not. That's not of interest to us. Um, but let's get let's get them through the door. Let's hear what they've got to say, and let and let's crack on and um, and let's see some of that hope thing coming back in your castle. Because I'm I'm so excited to see fantastic supporters like you two lads and and others of the younger generation to see the real Newcastle and feel it, you know, like that Barcelona night and beating Juventus beating 1-0 and Andy Griffin's goal and the place going mad and and being in Barcelona, being in 14,000 in Milan and all of that kind of stuff. I get excited and buzz off the idea that some of the younger supporters that I know who are brilliant fans, they can get a taste of that as well. I'm really excited, and and I want some of my mates, me old silverbacks, to come back to, to come back to the match so I can have a pint with them and see me <laughs> and see me pals and and for us not to fall out about well you're you know you're putting money in Ashley's pocket in that conversation. I just want all of that to go away, uh, and I want all of this nonsense, all this trash talking and all the garbage that you know we don't belittle ourselves to get involved in we just we don't want that we're, what we want is a unified club put all that on one side get shot of it let these people come in and let them have a go but at the same time it's not an open check they've got to deliver they've got to do what they, what they say they're going to do I don't think there's a fan base or a new owner to a fan base that will ever have kind of blank check's not the right word in terms of support I mean yeah. but they're everyone nearly everyone 
supporters trust surveys, 97% yeah. of the fan base, and I think that's a fairly accurate number, yeah. are with them. So normally when there's a football club taken over, there's some people like the old people, some people th- look at the new people and think, look, Burnley's a good one. Burnley got taken over recently, and that was, a, is, is this really for the best of the club? On a pure footballing level, there is there can be no question to me that this is this is definitely the best for the club, definitely the best. But you know that three percent that have that are not for it, they're important people. Yeah, I, I agree know? with you. So I'm for it, but I'm not saying that these are you know people I'm going to bow and scrape to. Uh, I want them to take over the club because I think they're going to be better for the club. But that's not saying like I, they they're. They're here and I'm going to fall at their feet and kiss their arse or any all of that kind of stuff. They're here, not because I'm a, a, an advocate of Saudi Arabia or anything like that. I've got a sole interest in them as to what they can do for Newcastle United. I'm not loyal to them. I'm not loyal to them. I'm not loyal to the Rubin brothers, Stavely, or anybody else. I'm loyal to Newcastle United. So it's about that. It's about nothing else. So... I'm not going to start waving a Saudi Arabian flag or all of that shit. And nor um, should anyone, by the exa- way. <laughs> well, anyone, well, I don't care. But what people do, it's what their choices. I'm just speaking for myself. I'm interested in what they do for that team up the road at St. James's Park. And if they do a great job, they'll get fulsome praise from all of us and people like us. But if they do a bad job, then they'll get all the criticism that everyone else has had and we'll, we'll try and hold them to account. Um, without overstating it. So it's all about the club. It's not about Amanda Stavely. It's not about Alex Hurst. It's not about me. It's not about anything. It's about the team they put out on the park and how they care for our club. Now, else. Well said. I think we'll bring this to a conclusion. You're going to be hearing a lot more from True Faith this week. Hopefully, when the deal is announced, you know, this is it, isn't it? We've been here so many times before. It does feel different this time. It feels different because every single major Newcastle United journalist and National football journalists say they expect this to happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. At the time of recording, Sky Sports have just said the exact same thing. They've actually put that up as well on their Twitter. So Yeah, well, they expect the takeover. Big, big news coming in. Mo Salah's been seen in Clayton Street. <laughs> <laughs> the chippy. Um, there you go. There are other chippies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this has been the True Faith Podcast. Thanks to you two lads. I'm grateful for dragging you into the middle of Newcastle on a Wednesday night when you can't sure. get parked in town. Because there's too many people on the streets, so they yeah. literally can't move with the flares that are going <laughs> off around the cathedral. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll be back. Well, we're definitely back at the weekend, if not before, if there's any news. Of course, we are on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com forward slash TF podcast is £5.50 per month. You get these podcasts ad free. You get five to seven extra Newcastle United podcasts a week, not a month, a week. And hopefully, after doing Patreon for three years and doing the True Faith podcast for seven years, there's going to be better times ahead. There's going to be better things to talk about. What's the currency in Saudi Arabia? Just, just yeah. in case. Should know these things, shouldn't we? I tell you what, what an international break for this to happen. No, yeah, no Newcastle well, game to spoil this in a few days. I, oh, sure it's enough. lovely. Sure enough. Yeah, um, I agree. If you listen to this, and I'm and I'm not trying to make my Ashley money here, far from it. But if you don't have a ticket for Spurs, you might want to get one. I don't. But I'm not going either. I can't yeah. make it. You might want to get a ticket for Spurs. I've had people on today saying, "Have you got any spares for the match?" I say, "Well, actually, I do." But if we get taken over, that probably won't be spares anymore. And right. if so, if someone's got a season ticket, they'll just say, "Couldn't give a fuck that you sold it to Johnny." Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to the match, so that's my advice. You don't have to take it. Games televised as well, so, so it'll go around the world. I'm sure there'll be flags if the club is taken over and all of that, and it'll be uh, it'll be some day. But for now. 
we'll wait. For now, we'll keep refreshing Twitter. For now, I keep texting journalists demanding to know things they possibly don't know. Notifications on for NUFC on Twitter as well. I think yeah. we're back to that stage. <laughs> yeah. Right, thanks for listening. Speak to you all very soon. Ta-da. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.